0: I truly believe that there are many in our world today and especially in America that celebrate Memorial Day. They go out on the picnics and they spend some time out on the lake that truly do not understand the very purpose of Memorial Day. I am sure that there are many that Celebrate the 4th of July with the food, the fireworks, and the so forth, who really truly do not understand the purpose of the 4th of July. And I would also say that there are many, when it comes to Thanksgiving Day, when everybody's enjoying the turkey and the ham and all the fixings and the blessings, did not mean to make you hungry but the time to be able to sit down and watch some football and the shopping times you know are about to start that really truly don't understand the purpose of Thanksgiving now I'm truly thankful that I live in a nation where we celebrate a national day of Thanksgiving Thanksgiving But as you and I, as Christians, as children of God, understand and know that we celebrate Thanksgiving every day, because we're thankful that the Lord has spared our lives every day to be able to live, to be able to do all that we can to bring Him the praise and the glory and the honor. Now, this morning, I want us to just, uh, for just a moment, if you will, just to look at some things that are very necessary in understanding how that we are to give thanks unto God of heaven and to talk about the chief attributes of Christianity. And I'm talking about the attitude of gratitude, if you will. Now, I want you to keep your... Bookmarker on the passage in Luke chapter 17, as was just read a few moments ago by our brother Tom. And to think about some other passages such as those found in the epistles, we look at Colossians 3 and verse 15, where he says, "And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful." How about this scripture, Philippians 4 6, be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, one of the characteristics of a Christian is to be thankful. But likewise, one of the attributes of a society that's running away from God is ingratitude, right? In In 2 Timothy 3, I want you to know what Paul was writing here concerning the perilous times that would come. And think about those sobering words like about our own culture in which we live today. Where Paul says in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 and 2, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of themselves, Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. It's interesting to me when I read the word unthankful, all of those other characteristics of a society that's gone astray are connected to them, right? People who are covetous are generally those who are unthankful. The people who love themselves, they're not filled with gratitude and they're not expressing thanks. Thus, they're unthankful. What about those disobedient to parents who have no respect at all for their parents and all that the parents have given them? Likewise, we find that they are unthankful As well. What about those who are unthankful and do not have a heart filled with gratitude? These generally are people who are unholy as well, right? The Apostle Paul says that these are attributes that are to be found in a society that has moved away from God it's sad but it seems as if the more prosperous that we become as a people the less grateful we have become it seems as the more that we become consumed with pleasure and to satisfy our own desires the less appreciation that we have for God and for what he has done and for what others have done for us. And so this morning, we're talking about a marvelous Christian characteristic thanksgiving, gratitude, and appreciation. You know, Jesus taught these things, and Jesus did so much for so many, and some were grateful, but others were not. And the one thing that we know about our Lord is this He wants to bless. Us. Right? He wants to bless us. Now, in James 1 and verse 17, we find that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, our God gives gifts, and his gifts are always good. Because he can only give good gifts. Now our Lord does not ask for something and we should understand why that he would expect it of us. But if he's going to be such a bountiful giver, he desires in each one of us a thankful and a very grateful heart, doesn't he? Now, our Lord wants to bless us. And our Lord does bless us, and he does so abundantly. But at the same time, he says, I want you to develop in all of my children, particularly, I want you to develop a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Right? Now, those of us who are parents, surely we understand this very much so we love to bless our children and we understand how how much we like to do for our children we want to bless them and really all we ask in return is this a thankful heart and a respectful attitude let us give to our children because that's a parent's desire right but children please understand that as you receive express some gratitude and some thankfulness for what your parents have done. Now I say that with this realization. We are made in the image of God Genesis 1:26 and 27, right? Why is it that I I as a father appreciate thanksgiving and appreciation from my children? Well, Because my Father in Heaven likewise appreciates that. We are made in His image, and so He wants some appreciation and thankfulness in our own hearts towards Him. If indeed we want to be like God, then we will desire the very things that God desires, right? As a father, I want to give good gifts. And I want to know that my children appreciate them. And you as a parent feel that same way. Now, our God in heaven, he is our father. Therefore, what it is that God would desire from you and me, what is it that he desires from you and me as he blesses us? Well, he wants us to know that we have respect. And that likewise, he wants to know that we are grateful at the same time. And so we're talking about gratitude And how that we can express that gratitude. First of all, I want you to notice that something that Jesus experienced. And I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 17. And to think about our Lord Jesus Christ and what he came to do. Very simply, he came to bless, didn't he? And he came to do for you and for me what we could not do for ourselves. He came providing something that's very marvelous. And what is that called? Salvation. Luke 19.10. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. Thus, salvation. Now, in Luke chapter 17, we find that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And he had a lot of business there in Jerusalem. And ultimately, he knew that he would die there in that royal city that he would give his life, a ransom for many, there in Jerusalem. And so Jerusalem was a key central location for our Lord's ministry, but Jesus had to be careful about going to Jerusalem. He could not go to Jerusalem until he knew that it was time for him to die. He came to that point in his ministry where he knew for his own safety that until the time was to come, he had to stay out of this city called Jerusalem. He is moving toward Jerusalem as we study Luke chapter 17. But he knows that there is danger that awaits him there. He has done things in Jerusalem in the past that has stirred bitterness and hatred from the religious leaders who have despised what he was doing. But notice, Jesus comes to a certain village... As recorded in Luke chapter 17, and there are lepers outside the city gates. They they would not have been permitted inside the city. They were to be quarantined. They were to be by themselves because they were highly contagious with this leprosy. And this disease this disease was one that could spread very rapidly. Now, leprosy was a very horrible. Disease in Luke chapter 17. And these lepers would love nothing more than to be healed from that very terrible disease. Uh, but they would stand outside the gate needing what other men could give them. You know, maybe some food or maybe some moms. Maybe uh, they could use some help. They were crying out to those who could help them. They were to cry out, they would just shout because nobody could get close to them and they would say unclean, unclean so that you would know that they got leprosy to stay far away from them and as Jesus comes into the city here and enters into this village they are some distance away from him and some could even have warned Jesus don't go over there they are lepers you don't want to go over there. They are lepers. And so they're crying out to Jesus, not for food, not for clothing, not for alms. Why? Because you see, friends, other people could give them food. Other people could give them shelter. Other people could give them alms. Clothing. But when Jesus is coming, other People cannot do this. They could not satisfy their deepest need. Only Jesus could satisfy their deepest need. And therefore, when they see Jesus, they cry out for what? Mercy. Mercy. When you see Jesus and you think about the help that Jesus can provide... You don't have to call out for food or clothing or shelter. Though there were some who were so shallow who came to Jesus and and after he had fed them, they went on their way without any thanks at all. But those who understood what Jesus could do will come and ask for so much more than what food and shelter could provide. They came to the right source asking for mercy. Mercy, And so it is in verse 13 of chapter 17, these lepers lifted up their voices together in unison and said, Master, have mercy on us. Do for us what no one else could do, and that's heal us from this awful disease called leprosy. You might remember studying in Acts chapter 3 about Peter and John going up to the temple at the same time of, or at the time of prayer. And there was this lame man lying at the gate called Beautiful, and he was crying out for alms. And Peter said something very interesting to him. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk. Very interesting, isn't it? What Peter had for that man was so much more than a few alms, so much more than food or clothing that by the power of Jesus, he could be made whole. And what's the point? That spiritually speaking, we also can be made whole when we come to Jesus very much so. As I study Luke 17, I'm impressed with the faith of these lepers. The faith of these lepers. How many lepers? Ten of them. Ten lepers crying out to Jesus in unison to have mercy, and Jesus does have mercy. Now, Jesus Does have mercy upon them because the text says in verse 14, and when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, notice something here Jesus did not cleanse them immediately, did he? These lepers cry out to Jesus for mercy, and Jesus must have smiled. When he looked up on them and said you know if you just go show yourselves to the priest but why? Because he knew that they would go. That they would go and show themselves to the priest that they were cleansed, that they were no longer defiled. They did not ask Jesus and here's where their faith comes in. Are you sure about that? I mean you're you're telling us to go look look we're not cleansed. Are you sure? You see, they didn't ask that question. They did not counter Jesus and say, Well, but wait a minute, we're not going until you do something first. No, they had more faith than did even Naaman initially. You remember in 2 Kings 5 where Naaman the leper was told by Elisha to dip seven times in the Jordan River, and Naaman balked about it. Well, wait a minute. There's a whole lot more cleaner rivers over here closer to me than I could dip in. No, that's not what God told you to do, see, Naaman. That's not what Elisha, the prophet of God, told you to do. He said, dipped seven times in the Jordan River. And when he dipped seven times in the Jordan River, when he came up on that seventh time, guess what? He was cleansed. But see, Naaman balked at first, but you don't find that with regard to these lepers. All we read about these ten lepers is this. As soon as Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest, they immediately started running toward the priest to see him, to visit with him, that they might be cleansed, and yet they're not even cleansed yet. But on the way, on the way it happened. On the way they were cleansed, they were made whole, and the text says that as they went, they were cleansed. They must have been a cause for a rejoicing as they were running towards those priests. There had to be a cause of rejoicing. Their hands began to look normal and healthy once more. The proper skin color returned. They were no longer defiled. And they notice this as they're running. I can, uh, I can only picture this as, as the time that I used to run, that as I'm running, I could see my hands. And that they could look down and they could see, whoa, wait a minute. We're being cleansed. There, 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 there's no longer the leprosy. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We're being cleansed. It is happening. We're looking normal and healthy once more. And they had to be getting excited as they were thinking about being made whole. And Jesus Jesus had mercy on us and all was well. I can't wait to see the priest and be declared clean. I will no longer have to mouth those words unclean unclean, unclean anymore. But here's what's so important about this passage. Look at verse 15. And one of them, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Here was one Samaritan mixed with the others. Here was one who would have been considered a foreign element along with those Jews who were healed. And he is the one who is so appreciative that he turns around and he says, I've got to go back to the one who did this healing, who was so merciful on me, and I need to thank him personally. So the one that was unlikely is the one who showed his thanks. There was something about that Samaritan though. That understood that it was right and noble to express gratitude to someone else. And that is something that the others did not possess. Oh, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. They demonstrated great faith in Jesus because they went to see the priest even before they had been cleansed. Now, is it possible that one could have a degree of faith? and yet still not be really grateful and appreciative and thankful? Oh, yes. Evidently, that's true, right? As a result of this one man returning to Jesus in verse 17, we notice that our Lord had asked two very pitiful and painful questions. Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Nine. Jesus knows how many He had cleansed when He says, were there not ten cleansed? He's stating a fact, yes. There were ten cleansed. Not one person has ever been cleansed by Jesus that did not know anything about it. They all knew about it. Were there not ten cleansed? I know Jesus says that I have cleansed. I know who it is that I've made whole. I know who it is that I have forgiven. But where are the other nine? Where are the others that I cleansed? Why didn't they come back to me? Jesus saying something amazing at this point about his own people. Remember, it was only the Samaritan that came back. The other nine were Jews. And Jesus was a Jew. But Jesus is saying, here is a Samaritan, an outcast. One with very little respect from my people, the Jews, and yet he understands more about gratitude than they do. That's sad, isn't it? And by the way, Jesus could have also been saying this. He shows more class than they do. People who know how to live among others are people who have class and people who have been properly taught. And interact with others and have successful relationships understand the importance of what? Being thankful. Being grateful toward others. Jesus has to be disappointed here. Here's the Samaritan. There's the other nine somewhere that are Jews. My own people that I have cleansed. And yet it was only the Samaritan who comes back and says, thank you. What about our own families? Could it be That in our own families that we refuse to express gratitude for those who do so much for us? And yet we could do something for someone else who is not a part of our family and they appreciate what we do a whole lot more. Is it because sometimes we just come to expect certain blessings in our families? And in our circle of friends or in our businesses. That we just come to expect things to be done for us. These other lepers, these nine understood Jesus could do something for them. Or they would not have cried out, Jesus, have mercy upon us. In unison. But when they were cleansed, the one least expected came back. And said, Thank you. Is it possible today to be baptized, to believe a certain way, to even engage in the good things, and yet be lacking in this key characteristic of a Christian? Yes, it is. The Lord wants to create and develop within us a thankful heart. And so, listen to what Paul says again be anxious. For nothing. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Philippians 4 6. You know thankfulness is what adds beauty to a, a Christian life, doesn't it? I don't care how many good words that you find yourself engaged if there's nothing in you that signifies the spirit of gratitude and thankfulness. Something's missing, isn't it? And it's something that is very, very beautiful. Thanksgiving, gratitude. It ought to be seen in the life of a Christian. It ought to shine forth that others can see it and be blessed by it. But how do we as a people demonstrate our gratitude and our thankfulness? I want you to put these down. There's four W's of gratitude if you... Like to write in your Bible, you can put them there. If you like to write on a separate piece of paper. Four W's of gratitude. One, that gratitude is expressed through worship. Worship. Put Psalm 100, Psalm 100 down in your notes there because listen to what the psalmist said about the importance of offering things. He says, Is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 101 through 5. How can I express my gratitude through worship? What does God prescribe for worship? What have we done in our assembly already this morning? Think about it. Everything that we've done in this assembly thus far, has been an expression of what? Gratitude and thankfulness. Gratitude and thankfulness. The songs we sing, they reflect the grateful heart. The prayers that we offer, we do not, no, do we not give thanks unto the Lord? Yes, When we partake of the Lord's Supper, as we will in a few moments, it is a moment of thanksgiving to the very death of Jesus the Christ on that cross and shed His blood for you and for me. When we give of our means, what are we saying to the Lord? I want to give something back for all that you've given to me. What are we doing right now? We're studying about gratitude and thankfulness. The entire worship assembly centers around this theme, thanksgiving. We come to give thanks unto God. We come to give thanks to God. Then, my dear friends, let's take seriously the very worship of God that we find ourselves engaged in This morning, because the worship of God is all about thanksgiving. Here's number two if you want to be a grateful person filled with a thankful heart, let it be expressed with the words that you use. Number one, worship. Number two, words. With the words that you look at Hebrews 13 and verse 15, the writer talks about the words that we use and using our voices as expression of praise. In Hebrews 13, 15, he says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You see, all throughout the day, those of us who are Christians... Children of God can give thanks unto Him just with the words we use, with the fruit of our lips. Put this passage down, Psalm 26, 6 and 7. Psalm 26, verses 6 and 7. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Let the words that come forth from your mouth, the words that demonstrate gratitude and thankfulness toward the God of heaven. We're talking about expressions of gratitude, and we express thanksgiving through worship, through our words, and then number three, through our work. Through the work that we do. We go back to Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But then he says, don't let it be just by word only. Look at verse 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. That is being mindful of others, doing good toward others. For with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. I can demonstrate my thanksgiving toward God through what I do, and so can you. Expressing our thanksgiving, we do so through our worship. We do so through our words. We do so through our work. But then number four, and finally, we do through our walk. I walk. Through our walk with the Lord. When I use that term walk with the Lord, I'm talking about what you are doing in life. I'm talking about the entirety of your life. That which is compared as a walk. In your life and everything you do, you're just demonstrating a thanksgiving unto God. And so it is in Colossians 2 6 and 7 Paul says as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in Him so tell me Paul what does that mean in summation look at verse 7 rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with what thanksgiving that's it Colossians 2 6 and 7 thanksgiving You are to be rooted and built up into Christ. And what is that? With which you wrap or adorn yourself a spirit of gratitude. A spirit of thanksgiving. So how do we express our gratitude? How do we express our thanksgiving? Through worship. Through our works. Through our work. Through our walk. Our daily walk that leads us to heaven. Could it be when the Lord hears prayers of thanksgiving that are offered by His children, could it be that He sometimes asks this question, where are the others? Where are the others? Think about that for just a moment. There are those that I know continually offer up to God an expression of thanksgiving. I prayed that I'm doing that, but I'll tell you this morning. I need to do it even more. Even more. But could it be that God says, I hear these prayers of my children, I hear them express thanksgiving, but what about the others? What about the others that I have cleansed? What about the others I have forgiven? What about the others that I have blessed? And I ask us to think soberly, where would we fall in all of that? Would we be one of those that our Lord might say, why haven't I heard from that child of mine? Why do I not hear from that child of mine expressions of gratitude for what I have tried to do? You see, Jesus knows whom of whom he is blessed. And he says, Where are the nine? There's more than just this one. Is he still asking that of you and me? Where are you? Where have you been? Our relationship is not what it should be, the Lord might say. It can be better, though. It can be better, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for you, he says, just to say thank you, Lord just waiting for you to bless my name as I have blessed your life. What I'm saying this morning, dear friends, is that when we develop this sense of gratitude and thankfulness within us, we will be blessed by the God of heaven when we give Him the thanks. Here's what happens for the one who is not a child of God. His heart is stirred for obedience to the gospel. You see, when one develops within his self a sense of gratitude for what God has done, and by the way, that comes through study and hearing the word of the gospel, the word of God, right? That Jesus the Christ died on the cross, that he shed his blood for you and for me, individually and personally. He took our burden he nailed it to the cross and therefore through his blood we can be saved The question is are you thankful for that Are you thankful for that Are you willing to step down this aisle I'll try to meet you halfway to say I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm willing to repent of my sins to turn away from those things that are wrong to that which is right. I'm willing to make that good confession that I believe. And then to go down into the waters of baptism to show my expression of gratitude for what Jesus has done for me on the cross of Calvary. And i will come up out of the waters of baptism to walk in newness of life as a child of God, a Christian a New Testament Christian you might be here already a child of God you've wandered by the wayside come back be restored the time is now I'll try to greet you halfway but you have to make that step in the right direction repent and pray that God will forgive you. Won't you come as together we stand and sing?